0: Peric Aleph, Mishnah Ches 1 8. Now we further discuss the halachas of Amir La'akam, of giving work to non Jews to do for you, uh, potentially on Shabbos. Now I'm going to take the opportunity here to speak for a few moments about the general principles of Amir even though that goes beyond the scope of the Mishnah because I believe it's a terribly misunderstood uh, area of halacha. Chazal were concerned people would not take the halachas of Shabbos seriously and become lax, and therefore they said one can't even get a non-Jew to do malacha for them on Shabbos. Uh, The problem on Shabbos could also be technical in terms of the davar davar, the issue of not speaking about malacha on Shabbos, um, but the main issue is that essentially the non-Jew is acting as a quasi-shaliach, an agent for you, do malacha on Shabbos, which is certainly um, not appropriate. So Amir Laakum. Which means um, speaking to a non-Jew, literally, um, restricts two separate things. First, it forbids one from explicitly requesting from a non-Jew to do mila for him on Shabbos, um, and second of all, it prohibits a Jew from getting um, a material, substantial benefit from the work of a non-Jew on Shabbos, even if that wasn't reque- the Jew did not request it explicitly. Um, Of the non-Jew, so that would mean, um, firstly, you can't simply—you may not, under normal circumstances—ask non-Jew to do any work for you on Shabbos um, explicitly. And even if you didn't ask, you're sitting in a room, and the room is dark, and therefore you can't read in the room. The the non-Jew says that poor Jew sitting in the dark—he can't turn the lights on. I'll turn the lights on for him so he can read in the in that room. So, in so doing the non-Jew has acted for the benefit of the Jew on Shabbos, providing material benefit, making the room usable, and therefore um, the Jew may not get benefit from it. The Jew cannot read in that room. That's part of the Isr of Amerilakum. Where it becomes permissible is where the non-Jew is um, getting a real benefit for himself, and um, by the by, what's happening is the Jew can also derive a non-material substantial benefit also. Exactly what constitutes like material and substantial. You might need a, you probably need a POSIC or a ruv to ask. Um, but the general idea is that if um, a non Jew turns the lights on for himself to read a book, um, then you could say tell the non Jew, okay, you can, you can, you know, you can leave it on. No need to turn it off. And that would be the case since you did not instruct him to turn it on. He didn't do it for you. Um, now you could get get the benefit since he did it for himself. Um, similarly, if Uh, you are deriving a non-material benefit, like a small benefit, and you didn't um, ask for it, you only did it called Derek remez. you you hinted at it, um, so then that would be okay. So for example, if you're talking about something which is just not a a game changer in terms of benefit, but it sort of alleviates a problem, you know, uh, the alarm is going off and bothering everybody or something like that, so then while you can't ask a non-Jew to please turn off the alarm, um, you could say, wow, it's a shame that alarm is going off and I can do nothing about it because it's Shabbos. And if the, the, Jew, the non-Jew that intuits understands um, by that remez, by that hint, um, that wasn't derech you didn't tell him to do anything, but he, he gets it, so then he could turn it off for you and you can get benefit from the room that's now quieter without the alarm going off because that's not a not a major, you know, alarm clocks are not a major uh, impediment and therefore it's, it'll be okay. Two important exceptions. Number one, for a sick person, someone who is um, got a sickness that puts him into bed. So not the sniffles, but yes, the flu, yes, a migraine, yes, a toothache, and obviously worse things than that. Um, the rules of a mirlochum do not apply. So if you're in a hospital and you need the people to turn down the air conditioning or whatever it is, turn on the lights, um, for the sick person in bed in hospital, you're allowed to ask explicitly, no problem. Um, as for a mitzvah, so then um, in general, the rule is you cannot ask a non-Jew to do a Malachah but yes, a Darabonin, and um, for a Tzarach if it's a more um, community-wide issue, then you should consult a Rav, and there's leniencies for sure. Now, relevant to our mission specifically is what happens when you engage a non-Jew on Shabbos to do some specific job for you, which I was just discussing, but if in general, um, you, you let's say you engage him before Shabbos to do some work for you. Now, there are two kinds of employment arrangements in the relevant to this discussion in the Torah. One is called Kablanus and one is called Shiros. So Kablanus means you hire a person, could be Jew or non Jew, it doesn't matter, but you've hired this person um, to do a job and you're paying him for the output, for the work. You're not paying him for his time. So you pay him, you know, he's making shoes for you, you pay him by the shoe. He's buying the books for you, paying him, you pay him by the binding. He's um, writing contracts for you, you pay him by the contract, as opposed to paying him by the hour. Okay, that's called a kablanus. And since... If you engage someone to do a job for you like that, you're not considered to be like your, there's no issue of shlichus. You haven't appointed him as your agent directly. He's actually working not for your benefit, but for his benefit. He wants to make money. Therefore, he's in this bookbinding business. Um, So in contrast, a sechir is someone who's paid by the hour, or sechir yom, you hire him, and therefore, so to speak, while he's on the clock, you essentially own his time. You can tell him what to do. And it's forbidden um, to get a non-Jew to do work for you on Shabbos, even without explicitly asking for it at the time, um, if he's doing malacha for you on Shabbos. That would be forbidden, um, unless the malacha somehow that he's doing is not necessary to get the job done. So that means, for example, you have a cleaning lady, and um, she comes in on Friday night to clean your dishes. So since it's not essential to do malacha to clean dishes, you could clean dishes with cold water, and without a sponge, etc., it could still work, so that being the case, if she, the cleaning lady, chooses to turn the hot water on or use a sponge, um, which might involve other various malachas, um, it's permitted because of what you've asked it to do, of clean the dishes doesn't necessarily um, involve malacha. Cleaning dishes per se doesn't require malacha, um, uh, and her choice to use the hot water and use the sponge, etc., are it's her prerogative, it's for her, not for you. So... Now, in our mission here, we're talking about a case of of giving laundry to be done. So let's talk about laundry for a second. Let's talk about a 21st century scenario. You go to the laundromat. It's five minutes before ski on Friday afternoon. You know, the, the laundromat has a big sign that says we're open all day Saturday. We close, you know, at 6 p.m. on Saturday. Sunday, we are closed for business. We do not work. We are religious people who do not work on Sunday. So you show up five minutes before closing on Friday afternoon, and you give them your shirt, and you say, I need this shirt ready first thing Monday morning, okay? Now, you know full well, he doesn't work on Sunday, so you know full well the only time he's going to do this shirt is on Saturday when he's open, Shabbos. The halacha is, this is how, um how Vesil will come out, and this is the halacha, you are allowed to do that. Even though you know full well he'll be laundering your shirt on Shabbos. And the reason why is because, The work that he's doing is as a kablan. It's kablanas. He's doing it. You're not paying him by the hour. You're paying him per shirt. And he's doing the work for his benefit, not for you. I mean, he's in the business of, of cleaning shirts to make money. And you have not instructed him or even forced him, implicitly instructing him, in other words, to do malacha laundering on Shabbos. No, you haven't. You gave it to him to get done. He has the whole weekend to do it. If he wants to work only on Saturdays and not on Sundays, that's his prerogative. But you haven't forced him. He could just as easily work on Sunday. And if he chooses to work on Saturday, so then that's his prerogative. He's doing it for himself, not for you, and therefore it's permitted. lahalaha like this will say. Where it would be forbidden is if, for example, you walk in five minutes before closing or for afternoon, and you say, I'll be here Saturday night at 7 p.m. to pick this shirt up. When you know full well that... Um. The only time he could get that job done for you is on Shabbos. Um, so then that would be forbidden. Okay? Now, the Mishnah here is going to have a machloko and Beshamai, and is going to be strict in what it described. Beshamah is going to say, the Mishnah says inside, You can't give hides to be um, cured, to be tanned by the tanner. Nor can you give clothing to the launderer. In the Mishnah, Kalim most often is referring to clothing although it just means it could mean any kind of utensil um, like a hammer but normally Calum refers to clothing just the same way the word peros produce normally refers to grain um, it, it could refer to apples also but typically it's to grain so here Calum is referring to clothing so you can't give your clothing to the Koves to the launderer who's an overkochavim even though he's not Jewish unless he can get the whole job done before Shabbos comes in, says Be In other words, we're not allowing you to give it to him in a way that he could be doing it for your own Shabbos because it looks bad. Like before, it looks bad. Mars Okay, But Uvechulan, for all these things, Bez Hil matir and Im HaShemesh, Hil, say you are allowed to do it provided you give him the laundry to get laundered or the hides to get tanned, etc. Prior to sundown on Friday afternoon, then you're allowed to do that. Again, provided that you haven't set it up in such a way where you're forcing him to get the job done still on Shabbos. You're not demanding it to be done you know, and be ready for you on Saturday night. Halacha is like Beis Hill here and like I described more fully before. Um, now just one last point about Maris Ayn. This is important in the Halacha. Although Beis Hill are going to be lenient and that's the Halacha is that one can be lenient and do what I described in terms of the Kablanas. So we're not forcing them to do Malach for you on Shabbos. But in a scenario where it's an onlooker would say, "Whoa, this non-Jew is doing melacha for a Jew on Shabbos," and it looks like the Jew instructed it to be done so, that would also be forbidden. So, for example, you're not allowed to tell a, a handi- the its the, supposed to the launderer, You can't tell a handyman, you know, to come and f- whatever it is, fix your fix your front porch, um, and let him do it in your house on Saturday on Shabbos. In other words, same story. On Friday, you tell him, I need my porch fixed. It's a two-hour job. And you say, I need it done by Monday, which means he could do it on Sunday if he wants to. So that would be okay in the laundry scenario, but in the case of the fix-the-guy fixing your porch, it becomes forbidden if the work's can be done on your premises, on Shabbos, because anyone else will look at it and say, oh, this Jew has now instructed this non-Jew to do malachah for him on Shabbos. That would be forbidden. Um, That's a very important point, which has a lot of ramifications and um, is really tied into this mission as well.